what I always say when I'm talking about Ugh, I would have walked into this. Dying is dying, and death is death, baby. <laughs> uh, we're here on in the Upper East High, Yorkville. In Yorkville, I don't think I've ever been to true, true Yorkville. Ryan's daughter's in Yorkville. Is it? Is that technically yeah, that's Ryan's daughter? Shout out, incredible bar on Eighty Six. Make Street, a good hot toddy if you make them. Make a great hot toddy. That upstairs theater <laughs> lounge, Walters. Mm. So good. Anyway, shout out to Ryan Sutter. But we are here in Yorkville on the Upper East Side. We've schlepped from our sketchy apartments in Bushwick to our, this beautiful apartment in Yorkville. And I'm here with Arabella. Hi there. Uh, me and Arabella uh, met when we were working at the Tenement Museum, uh, the Lower East Side Tenement Museum. Uh, what year was that now? Like 2017? Um, I think you started... August of 2018, actually. Wow. I guess I had a whole, like, two years in New York to fuck around and have 15 jobs. So many restaurant jobs. So many restaurant jobs. And then you came to the Tenement Museum and were so bored. Yeah, we were were just standing around, (laughs) reading books. Talking to grandmas. A lot of tourists who would come in and be like, um, can I just walk around the building? Can I just walk around wherever I want? Holding a sandwich from cats. Absolutely. They're like, my favorite was when people would bring, like, clearly stressed out, like, not service dogs and be like this is my stress animal right it's, <laughs> be it's like freaking out and biting people but oh uh, my god stress animal is about to like <laughs> die of like a fucking panic attack and you're here like no no it's trained and i'm like my fucking ass that <laughs> dog is trained anyway i'm here with arabella and we're here we came all the way to yorkville because i was actually thinking on the train here one of the reasons why we first became friends first of all because we both discovered that we think patty smith is overrated absolutely cancel us <laughs> have you realized does it make you mad how many fucking people you see like everywhere reading just kids everyone comes up to me and they're like patty smith man and i'm like i hate her i remember like one of the early early on arabelle first of all is very she's one of those people who is like she doesn't give her love like like no i won't say that you don't everyone thinks i hate them initially that's how i would put it but i didn't know so i was like oh this this woman hates me and then i heard her talk about how patty smith is overrated and i was like i think that's also true the woman no sense of humor the woman has no sense of humor the woman's like yeah everyone should just be writing and eating cigarette butts and cafes in the West Village and you're like bitch god. shut up it's really fun to have a rosy glow now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god and then she like you know moved to Michigan and it was like all right good for you anyway we can if anyone wants to like DM me about how much like they think I'm wrong about Patty anti Smith, Patty Smith club yeah we could start an anti club <laughs> if you if you want to cancel me over this sure this is the cross out this is the the sword I'll die on absolutely you know, you're not alienating people talking about the dead you can alienate people talking about patty smith absolutely um but then another i forget exactly what happened but like someone like i like made a joke about like your something about your dad or something not like your dad specifically just like oh your parents blah, 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 blah. and you were like oh something like my dad's dead and i was like that's so funny and for something like and that and then we both laughed and we both laughed and the person standing next to us was like horrified which is often the thing it's like when you make a, a death especially it's like people knew we didn't know each other so it was like a very like off like the cuff thing of you being like my dad's dead and me being like that's hilarious and, and my agreeing with you exactly and because like, truly there's nothing funnier in this world than a good dead dad joke i know especially when it's like well placed when, when someone else can be really horrified by it um but the reason why we came all the way up here because um i'll we'll talk about it now but you this is your dad's apartment 
this is this was originally my parents apartment um so my parents met in if you don't mind me going into a little please go in those two crazy artists uh so my parents were both artists my dad uh, was a writer and my mom is a painter and they met in i want to say 1984 uh in the most classic new york way uh she was roommates with the intern that he was sleeping with at Macy's. Right, so that sounds perfect. Let's remember that this is 1970s, 1980s New York. It is a blessing to sleep with your intern. Absolutely, no, okay, For so sure. there's no dating app, so you just gotta fuck an you intern just, so you, you can know, fuck your intern's you're friends. You're a copywriter at Macy's, and there's some girl, and she's super into you. Uh, so my mother <laughs> was roommates with this person. Uh, we'll call her Mary Beth, because mm-hmm. that's the most creative version of her name I can come up with. <laughs> or I like you were like, because that's her name. <laughs> it's not really her name, but it's almost her name. Uh, and they had gone to FIT together, and they were rooming together in Queens. And Mary Beth was super into my dad. He was basically like, this is cool, and then bye. She was also a big old anti-Semite, mm. which is really funny because both my parents are Jewish. So Mary Such Beth is anti-Semite. a complex yeah. creature. Mm-hmm. She, contains, <laughs> she contains multitudes. She does. She's She does. <laughs> so uh, Mary Beth used to actually... Call up my dad's answering machine. I was going to say voicemail, but voicemails didn't exist then. <laughs> and she could hear the birds in the background because that, there we go. We've got lovebirds. We hear the birds love in birds the back now. Since You're 1978. Yeah. These birds are different birds. <laughs> These birds are eternal now. They were another set that. of birds. They are. They're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I live in my dad's apartment with my cursed birds. A cursed <laughs> six incestuous lovebirds. <laughs> great it's Hemingway meets HP Lovecraft meets Flowers in the Attic wow BC Andrews so New York <laughs> beautiful story uh so Mary Beth would never pick up the phone when it rang because it might not be for her and my mother was working painting plaids for a living which was hell work so she'd come home and she'd smoke a joint do a shot of tequila or maybe drink the bottle of tequila I don't know and spin her roommate's cat uh, whose name was Raphael, but they called him Ralph, and he was high on catnip. So she just spin the cat, sit, and my father was calling. And they wound up having this funny phone friendship where my mother was convinced that he was going to be able to like introduce her to a cool, nice artist guy and, uh, and also maybe get her a job. And so he said, I, I want you to get your stuff together, and she got all excited. She was ready to show him a portfolio. And instead he said, I want you to pick, I think it was two movies, and uh, two places you want to go to dinner. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, At that point, Mary Beth had thankfully moved on, uh, although she would, did not entirely forgive my mother for this. Mm. Uh, but she had moved on, and thank goodness she did, because like many stories in my family, she became immortalized in a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> who? Oh my God, can we know So who? Uh, she met Peter Gaffney, um, who was one of the creators of Rugnat, Rats, and she is Phil and Lil's mom. Oh! So if you want to imagine what Mary Beth looked like, she's like she's just like Lil's... a big lesbian uh, mom. Yes, yeah, a big straight lesbian big, mom. Big straight lesbian mom. Just that's just, just yep. So based funny. on the lovely anti-Semitic. Wait, because I know your dad. I know your dad was a composer for Nickelodeon. So yeah, we can we can also talk about my dad's yes, history. Yes, please. We're in his um, we're in their apartment. So yes, we are here. We are in this apartment that is haunted, uh, not so much by them, um, and my real life is haunted by many ex-girlfriends. So, mm. but this place seems pretty. Uh, 
well ex-girlfriend free zone <laughs> sometimes That's you know good. you open closets and you find all sorts of weird things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well we've also talked about just the like the this is I mean, my dad's very much alive hi dad he doesn't listen to podcasts i'm kidding but uh, he absolutely <laughs> He's like i don't want it yeah don't want to we talk a lot about how like my dad is my dad's a professor at williams and he's sort of like a very cool professor and i have a big thing of like people will find out like i'm professor crane's daughter and be like Oh, whoa. But you have that on, like, Maggie Times and I are from the other club. We are part of the Anti-Patty Smith Club <laughs> and also the People Want to Fuck Our Dad Club. People Want to Fuck Our Dads. But uh, it's sometimes worse because people really want to fuck my dead dad. Yeah. Um, That's he harder. He has become a very eligible bachelor <laughs> in the last few years. Everyone's like, mm, I mean, it's 2020. We got Ouija boards, Everyone's I feel like. Everyone's just like, I was a muse. I was the great love of his life. He was the love of my life. Give me all of his things, and they all think they're the only one. So let's get so let's get at that. So first of all, so your dad, your parents met, but your father is this. He's a composer. My father is. Uh, so my father started off in copywriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then moved into. He was creative director at Island Records. Wow. Um, he did a lot of ad work. So the joke is, um, my father is kind of part of the collective unconscious at least when it comes to pop culture so so many things that you listen to or into a lot of it is my dad at some point which is very strange for me that's like crazy (laughs) cool and also like uh. like yeah exactly (laughs) and and uh so he was doing a lot of advertising and then he was a creative director at island records and and that's why i've got a ton of um reggae stuff i'm not just a white girl playing with a <laughs> hacky sack in union square i i lived it um and uh, and then he when i was about three he decided my parents split up we're skipping ahead we, they just met and now they've broken up mm-hmm. um and, all great uh, love stories really all, all great love stories <laughs> yeah. uh and theirs is no exception um and he wound up deciding, I'm going to be a writer full time. And it was right around the same time I told him, I was like, I want to grow up my hair. Nope. Mom says it's inconvenient to have long hair. Because it probably was. And he was like, you know what? I, I want to grow up my hair too. Oh. So we grew out our hair together. But also I didn't realize that I had essentially signed on to be part one part of a, a writer's life at that mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. So he became a full time writer. Did a lot of work for Nickelodeon. Um <laughs> And, uh, and then eventually he moved into theater and did some movie scripts. Those didn't pan out too well, but was big into theater and, and then just did a lot of writing for other people's projects to survive. Cause that's unfortunately the thing about being a full-time writer is you got to hustle into other people's work. Yeah, absolutely. And that, well, cause, and then all these, well, we'll talk more about them when we talk about your dad's death, but then like I, the string of ex-girlfriends. Ah, oh, so many ex-girlfriends. So you get, so your father, well, first let's get into that. Your father passed away or died at, like, what, five years ago now? No, uh, April 2017. Jesus. So almost three years and just about two months. So it'll be three years. Wow. Do you like how I can't, I have no uh, concept I of time? I also have no concept of math. So Do you I like how I'm like 10 years ago when we met? <laughs> when I was, yes, Maggie. When I was you 16. were a child. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I adopted you. <laughs> yeah. So you, because you lived here, because your dad got quite sick. I never actually moved out. So nice. I stuck around because he, my dad was diagnosed with uh, cancer when I was about 14. And, you know, I lived in New York, so I was obviously going to go to a New York school. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't 
super keen you're like on a quintessential anyway. New York kid anyway this, you're no. like <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do go to like a you know school upstate right. no I don't know how to drive I still don't know how to drive <laughs> you literally were you like have lived in New York all your life you live in a New York City museum you're like you have like artist parents that's like, right you're that's not gonna go to like Smith like no, absolutely not just yeah. leave and be like everyone I was cool <laughs> It's never worked out well. Yeah. Public school, high school dropout, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was, I was 14, and he was diagnosed with cancer. And when I was 14, that also, I think when you're a kid and suddenly everything becomes about illness, mm-hmm. and you're a teenager and all you want is normalcy, it's the worst combination mm-hmm. because... First of all, everyone thinks you're contagious, essentially. Yeah. Kids have no idea how to handle illness, as Not you well know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet humans are so adaptable that we just, everything becomes the new normal. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was about 19, he and I had become very close again because I was studying at the Art Students League and was, you know, working in a studio all day. And he was like, yes, this is my child. I can talk to her again. <laughs> She's not stupid. Good. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> the classic dad break of like, oh, they're like children, and then they're like, you're a teenage yeah, girl, I, especially. Oh, and, it was awful. Yeah, and, and you're like, could not mm. handle it. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah. It's not fun anymore. And then you turn like 18, 19, and it's like, oh, yes, here's a glass of wine. Uh, we will Let talk. us have an intellectual. Mm-hmm. I really think you and I have a very yeah. specific dad yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah, very so. specific. Dad. Well, my dad was very good, but like, always, like, like 14, I'd be like, uh, mom won't let me do this. And he'd be like, I am going to my office to write. <laughs> and I'm like, uh. You can have this moment. I <laughs> yeah. will return from my mm. office when you are done. I have to write. <laughs> Goodbye. There was a lot of that. Yes, absolutely. A lot of I have to write. <laughs> absolutely. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was, so he, when you were at 14, no, 19, you got I, We got then. very close again when I was 19, which was great because then when I decided to go back to actual college, I was like, I should probably get a degree, mm-hmm. you know, just why not? Sure. And uh, I was 21, and that, of course, was the year that he got incredibly sick. Mm-hmm. And then for the next eight years, I spent, uh, well, we spent, I would say, every two to six weeks in a hospital Mm -hmm. and so overall my father had four kinds of cancer Mm -hmm. uh and one stem cell transplant Mm -hmm. and uh and it was just crazy just working and uh doing all of my schoolwork from a hospital room Mm -hmm. and of course dealing with a slew of ex-girlfriends yes (laughs) the ex-girlfriends well the ex-girlfriend i mean but also like it's you say like you're 14 and you're searching for normalcy and I feel like that there's like such a layered thing of that because you're also like your parents are like these sort of like bohemian oh, New Yorkers. Yeah. They were the opposite. Yeah. They had both they had both basically defected from Long Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neither of their parents understood yeah. who, who they were and and to be honest my father's side is always a little more eccentric but even then they were like what's he doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't do that. So it's like but then also like the normalcy of like you're like Oh, wow, my parents, why can't they be normal? Or my parents have already done everything cool, and every time I think I'm rebelling, they're like, I did that in 1984. <laughs> and you're like, okay, word. Great. <laughs> but then also the, the, the part of, like, artists, you know, you're living this, like, bohemian lifestyle. You're sort of, like, outside of, like, a normal 9 to 5 or, like, normal, like, restrictions of capitalism. But then sickness does not like consider Does that not care it's sickness like, doesn't hey. care that you're like living outside this like normalcy it's like boom you're like 
in the middle of like the healthcare nightmare and you're in the middle of like oh and then and then suddenly you're in this whole like fucked up system that is incredibly like and also all of that individuality that you spend years honing is completely uh, ruined because you just become an illness to yes. so many people which mm-hmm. there are a lot of great doctors out there who like Oliver Sacks who or Mike Natter is someone who seems to be constantly pushing the individuality and humanity route but for the most part, you're just an illness and you're annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I think especially like the art world, I don't, you know, obviously I'm not like New York bohemian world at all. But like, it's like the art worlds are not good to like you can't sickness work. and disability. You can't work and I, you also, there's not like a great, sometimes there is. In my dad's case, there was, uh, I like that you just leaned across my bed. I, I appreciate leaned. it. Go on. <laughs> Um, for my dad, it was just he was working uh, because as a, as a parent, he just was working constantly. Mm-hmm. And then he became ill and it became very hard to find work. So he wound up uh, really his second half of his career or last quarter. I'm bad at math. Oh, clearly we're both, <laughs> that, we're clearly like, we're both very bad at math. Last <laughs> few years, last 15 years, a lot of his role became advocacy for other mm. patients. And I always thought that was admirable that he became ill and he was like, well, what can I do for other people that are mm-hmm. ill? And uh, after he passed away, a lot of people actually reached out and said, you know, without your father's help, my own foundation wouldn't have gotten started. And, wow. and that's great to hear because mm-hmm. it's so easy to, in, especially for my dad, it's so easy to just mope and be like, well, this is hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's that was where his career went. That's love, especially because people who are sort of artists, I feel like more so you hear the narrative of people being like, they like go in on to themselves or like they don't talk to anyone else. Yeah. Or like they're like, they're being an artist, but like dealing with sickness or anything like that, they're sort of like just become very in their head and sort of like lock themselves away. I think it's so hard to be chronically ill. And I think you have to give people who do suffer from a chronic illness a, a little bit of leeway because just trying to get through the day-to-day and how people perceive you and how much more difficult it makes everything, it's easy to get a little Mm -hmm, self-involved. And fair to get a little self-involved. But so it's incredible on that level that your dad made it very much about others. I think he was also plenty self-involved. Oh, don't worry. Egotistical (laughs) artist. Love him so much. Great great guy. (laughs) Great guy. But now, okay, now we've been teasing. So then you got all these women just knocking on your door while he was sick or mostly after he's dead. Okay, so I guess I should get into it. So my father started dating again because my parents split and I was about three. Uh, And my father started dating maybe when I was about six or seven. So there was a few years... uh, And we had become really close because he had just decided, you know, okay, now I want to be a full-time parent of this little person, but I don't really want to be like a parent, like Mm -hmm. in the way, I want to be my own version of a parent. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to turn this four-year-old into a collaborator. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, I'm amused. Fantastic. I'm inspiration. I'm, uh, we're, we're here. We're artists. Like, this is what we do. Of course, the like total opposite when you're 14 and then you're like, I just want everything to be normal. Yeah. For the love of God. <laughs> I just want to know that there's money. Yeah. And I can do fun things and, mm-hmm. uh, and also not be the one with a sick parent. Mm-hmm. But he started dating. And the thing about my dad's dates was I never knew if they were going to move in. Oof. Like, it would be like a first date. And then sometimes they just wouldn't leave for a few months. 
it was just what it was. And there were all these like interesting women where like you'd have poets and you'd have Wiccans and you'd have yogis and you'd have crazies uh, and women who needed to be rescued. I think he had a, a good, decent sized rescuers complex. Yeah. And they would move in, and for the most part, I was having a blast, because it would just be a new playmate. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, well, this is fun and interesting, and also eventually just wanting them to leave and let me get on with my life with my dad. Mm -hmm. And they usually did. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so he, after he passed away, there were a lot of women who hadn't necessarily been in a relationship with him be on their own volition, but suddenly felt this this connection to him now that he was no longer there mm -hmm. and it can especially connection to his things oh interesting <laughs> hmm. like, can you send me his things and there was just every few months even now there's still a message that's like can you send me his stuff and I'm like what stuff i don't know how do, do people explicitly ever ask for money or is it just like no his one's work? ever asked for money everyone does say i think your father was working on a piece about me and i'm like <sighs> it's very possible he was at some point but also like all right I, I'm, an, I'm a painter and a, a bit of a writer, and I definitely have played that game where, like, I've met someone, I've been like, you've got such a great face. <laughs> I'd love to draw you. I, that is such face. my game, Arabella. Yeah. I, I have, like, three <laughs> drinks, and I'm like, I'm working on a script, and you're in it. And so I think that's I'm what he was doing. Because we have to work with what we have. <laughs> and as artists, you know, we don't usually have a steady income. But we sure as hell can, like, mm -hmm. charm a person be like, you will be immortalized. Mm -hmm. oh. So the amount of people, I was his muse, I was this, I was that. And it gets aggressive. And meanwhile, my mother is sitting there like, who the hell are these Yeah, assholes? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, go away. Yeah. So they just, they, uh, the, the widows... The oh, widows. All the widows. <laughs> Have you ever, like, has it ever been, like, has it, has anyone ever gotten real aggressive, like, oh, come yeah. to your house or something like no that? No one's come to the house, uh, Because I guess they know where it is, because this was well, where he thing. lived. I've never moved, so yeah. I'm very easy to find. <laughs> um, and they've been here. They lived here for a moment. For I think for the most part, they're curious about the apartment now mm -hmm. sometimes they they want access to the apartment but for the most part it's this curiosity and it looks very like 100 percent different than it did yeah because you're like what you're like a like young woman yeah living here and, and not like a insano and also artist. by the end of it it really looked like gray gardens of manhattan <laughs> so Except without a raccoon, it was just Luna running around. Luna, Luna the rabbit. He's got a rabbit running around. He's got lovebirds. And we put a little is... black eye mask on her so she looks like a bandit. And we're like, be feral, but in a fun way. Wear this headscarf with me. Oh my God. <laughs> Incredible. So yeah, it's uh, the faux widows and... Well, you, let's talk about, since we're talking about the yeah. apartment. Um, Please. You, because I remember I met you... Pretty recently after your dad died. Yeah, you met me where everything, all the craziness after yeah. my dad died was just being, uh, it was just sort of passing over. Yes. Like everything was being finished. You would miss the last, I don't know, nine months of, of total hell. crazy. Because you went through, I mean, it, there's like, this could be its own podcast series, what you went through with that. But you went through hell after your dad died just with getting his assets in order. 
everything. Uh, so again, my father being very desirable in mm -hmm. death uh, was also desirable as far as identity theft goes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that was a whole chaotic story. Uh, and otherwise, I mean, my father, bless his bohemian writer self, was a massive slob. <laughs> so I... Uh, I think I was dealing with his papers and I was dealing with the other thing we were talking about, which was the insurance company, where mm -hmm. my father, by the time he died, owed about $100,000 or closer to $200,000 just in, in medical debt, mm -hmm. which, of course, eventually went down. But nothing better than opening up that piece of mail that's from a hospital saying, hi. How far? How long after your dad died? Did they knock on your fucking door for money? I think it was just. I think they were just sending messages or mm -hmm. mail to him. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was. It was. I had just picked up his his ashes, oh. and I went home and I I checked the mail and I was like, I I stopped breathing for a second. That's so. What a world. What a world. <laughs> how timely is this? Uh, but no, that's. We talked briefly about um with, with some another guest with Bowie about this just that was like, a great episode thank you shout out to bowie but um but just like dealing with grief and then immediately it's like no time you're dealing with both like in your case and in bowie's case you're dealing with like medical bills and you're dealing with like oh i have to get my dad who's had like 1000 jobs and has like crazy money situation i have to deal with his will and his assets and yeah. his apartment and you're grieving someone you had been nursing essentially for right. 10 the only years. person that was there it mm -hmm. was just me and him and suddenly all of these other people are like what about me well they're like what about me but no one's no one's helping you clean up no, very true no and one's I, helping you clean i kind of took on the cleaning up of the apartment by myself there was no one who could help me with the estate because it was just it was me at that point yeah and, uh, to be honest, my father died three months after my grandfather did, so mm -hmm. I was handling his estate. There was a year and a half of just death where all of my father's family died, and I when it rains, it pours, baby, right? Absolutely, <laughs> which is why I have this apartment full of antique furniture now. <laughs> so I really lucked out, one could say. <laughs> Absolutely, this is the only better homes and gardens we can get behind here. <laughs> That's so. Do just, you find what would you were you going because I I've you know been through loss but being a child going through loss you are so like I have no idea if I would not know what a will looks like I would not know how to deal with assets at all it's like you don't go through that as a kid when you go through loss no you there's always someone else taking care yeah. of it and I with my grandfather and then my father it was just me taking care of it and that was terrifying at 29 having a very remedial sense of math as we have <laughs> illustrated <laughs> as we try to do percentages of time throughout this episode Absolutely. two plus two We're is like, 12 mm, when i was five when i met you in 2017 yeah. no i'm trying to remember what year it was because I, I was know. like you started talking i was like maybe i'm wrong oh it's whatever Who it doesn't cares? matter nobody cares time is nothing yeah time it's is like time is a construct <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, would you have any like? Because I again had no idea. Did this? Do you have any like? What do you? Th how could we build things better to like for people oh who are God. both grieving and also it's like they have to take on someone's full financial life? Well, I think we should start with healthcare should be free. Twenty twenty. Twenty. Anyway, go on. That's the first. <laughs> Uh, second, I don't know. It's all so specific mm -hmm. to each situation. Um, 
And to be honest, I've heard other people's stories where things worked out differently, where they like didn't pay off the medical debt. Mm -hmm. It just depends. Um, thankfully, the medical debt went down, but it was it was still pretty high, and it was so many different hospitals yeah. and companies and collectors, and me just getting on the phone and talking to people. And someone said that I was the first person that had ever called that early to just mm -hmm. be like, hey, what can we do to fix this? How can I, how can I start? Can I do a payment plan? What can I do? Wow. Um, yeah, it was just, ugh. But the thing is, I, I really think it just, it depends. Uh, it would be great if people didn't act like assholes, mm -hmm. like all around, not even the bureaucrats, but just the people surrounding. Because yeah. I think death does bring out the worst in people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it brings out the best. It also brings out the worst. Absolutely. Especially when there's money involved. Money does not. It's or like the thought that there's money. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the thought that there's money. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you were talking about you were the only one here cleaning. Was that in any way cathartic? It was really... It was... It was... It, it was cathartic and it set off, I think, the next steps of my life concerning my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first started cleaning, uh, there was in our closet, uh, the coat closet, a filing cabinet. And I knew that, like anything with my father, uh, in 1998, he lost the keys to it. So we just never replaced the keys, oh you know, never gosh. figured out how to open it. Just was like, eh, not worrying about it. And that was kind of the thing with my dad. Like, I knew that uh, when the dishwasher broke, we just weren't getting a new dishwasher. Stove wow. broke, not getting a new oven. Um, anything that he couldn't write on or he couldn't play music on just didn't matter. So, of course, he died and I had, like, broken appliances. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I managed to get the filing cabinet open and literally my father just exploded all Aww. over the living room it was my father from 1977 to 1998 mm -hmm. and it was crazy because here was all this work mixed in with uh tax paperwork because the other thing about when my parents met my father called mary beth i'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the name i was using uh, phil and lil's mom <laughs> mary, mary beth <laughs> and lil's mom did she have a name on the show i don't think any of the parents had names right they... No, the... Because Dewey was the one of the dads. I know that. Yeah, I don't remember. We'll look it up in post. <laughs> we'll add it in. It's very important. There's a lot of Nickelodeon in the story, but uh, we don't I remember details. Sponsor us, Nickelodeon. Sponsor us, but don't sue. <laughs> I'm always Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Please don't sue me. We go over the entire episode, and every time we say Nickelodeon, we just say, Nickelodeon. Then I start talking about things my father did for Nickelodeon, and I say, please don't sue me. <laughs> Uh, we'll bleep it all out. We'll bleep it all out. Schmicka schmodian. <laughs> Disney? No, not no, Disney. No. Oh my God, Disney. They, they could hear us talk about them now. If it's Disney, it had nothing to do with Disney. No. Thank you. <laughs> Victoria's Secret, yes, but Disney, no. Uh, so yeah, everything. My my parents. So my parent, my father called up the Mary Beth to say that he wasn't coming to. It was either their housewarming party or a holiday party. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't come to your party because I'm being investigated by the IRS. <gasps> so, yeah, uh, the reason being, my father in the 1970s and 1980s was throwing parties and ha big old art happenings, which were really cool with his two photographer friends, uh, Tom Sturkowitz and Alan Kaplan, who I'm still close with, and you should find their work, anyone who's out there, because they're great. Uh, 
But somehow my mother wasn't turned off by the fact that he was being investigated by the IRS. It's a little sexy. Maybe she's 22. It's she's a like, sexy. you're not who I thought I was going to be married to. <laughs> uh, so I open up this filing cabinet and I think within 20 minutes, there's all of this paper on the ground. And it's just my father's work in high school, my father's work in college, my father as Victoria's real secret, you know, doing his ads, which were like, here I sit in my room surrounded by all the things I love the most, which of course I slipped on. I slipped on a a very scanty lady in a cell. Just, you know, work that had become other work that he didn't sue anyone over Mm -hmm. and, and all this crazy stuff. And you, like, stumbled on a time capsule. I did. I stumbled on a very long time capsule. Mm-hmm. And so I just lost my father, and it was like I had gone back to the beginning when he had decided to become a writer mm-hmm. and was working my way up through him. And I realized, because I was done, he passed away, and, and this was the second time. I was like, now I'm going to be normal. Yeah. I'm going to be domestic, and I'm going to clean up this apartment. And maybe someone will ask me, you know, what was your life beforehand? I was oh, my father was an artist, but that was millions of years mm-hmm. ago. Like, I was going to be as normal and quiet and boring as possible. It was going to be great, and that is not at all what happened, because mm-hmm. that's the way life works. Of course, of course. And, uh, and I was done with his work. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the thing about being a writer's daughter is it's brutal being an artist's kid. It's mm-hmm. brutal being anyone's kid, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's brutal being anyone's being a kid. kid is hard. Uh, being a kid is hard, uh, but I'm watching. Just a kid and... Sorry. Anyway, go on. This is the generation gap. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I'm 32, by the way, just to make it clear of what generation. So gap generation is. gap. It's maybe just like you didn't get the. Was it? Is that bowling for? Stu- what is that song? Anyway, we'll cut this out. <laughs> No, Maggie, it's real. This is who you are. I could probably, like, go into the back catalog of my brain and bust out of my chemical romance if oh, you need that. I, I do need that all the time. <laughs> so maybe later. Well, yeah, off the, off the pod, a little blast of my chem. Um, but, yeah, so when you when you found all his work, that because that, did that happen directly, like, right after that? That was within a few days. Oh. I had started opening drawers, which felt really bad. Like, <laughs> and also, my father was a bit of a hoarder. He was an artsy hoarder, so that mm. makes it somewhat better. Uh, and somewhat. The apartment was a wreck. I mean, the, the closet doors had basically been blown off over years of paramedics coming in through them wow. with the gurney and... Obviously, the appliances weren't working, and things had flooded and leaked. The apartment was Grey Gardens. For the record, it is so beautiful. Like, we're sitting in Arabelle's bedroom, and it's gorgeous. A gorgeous purple. She's got all these bookshelves. It's so nice. There's a lot of books in this apartment. Mm -hmm. They're not all mine. I mean, (laughs) that's what I love. I love a lot of books. I do, too. And, you know, it's such a beautiful... You would not have ever thought that this was, at one point, like, a hoarder situation a sick bohemian <laughs> writer with many girlfriends yes you would never know i mean it does have that it does have a feel of like it's been lived in for a long time it's got that i've seen things yes well, absolutely. he also was really good because he just let me paint like with you know, like paint while i was using the floor and so there's a lot of paint on the floor and i was like oh that's pretty cool that he didn't care yeah. <laughs> he's like whatever yeah i was like that's fine type 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 mm-hmm. do what you gotta do <laughs> We're artists. <laughs> I think he was as into it as I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, this is what we do. We're artists. We don't need clean clothes mm-hmm. or <laughs> ovens or microwaves. We don't need That's any That's how I feel, but it's also, I'm like, I don't need to change this light because I, I don't feel like it. 
he did try to change the light once uh, with a broken bulb, and then he, this is very much my father, and he couldn't get the base of the bulb out of the light fixture, so he stuck a potato in it to see if that would pull it out, but then he couldn't get that out or the potato, so then he just left a potato <laughs> in the light fixture. I came home from school, this was what it was like, where you just go, I never knew who was going to be in the apartment, mm -hmm. whether it was like in the middle of the night. And to be honest, artists would come and stay with us a lot. Yeah. But also I never knew what would, like there'd be a knife in the VCR because, you know, because video had gotten stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what the name where a videotape was for a second. Wow. That's how much time that, has gone by. It's 2020. <laughs> that thing that you used to put the yeah, things in. And then you had to rewind it and then you had to return it. <laughs> you had to, yeah, if you didn't rewind it, there would be a fee. Did they really charge a fee yeah. though? My VHS... The, the last time I used it was when I tried to watch the VHS of Lolita and my VHS player set on fire. Which Lolita? The original one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tried to watch the original one and it set on fire and my mom was like, see? You see? You're trying to watch that Fire self? of my loins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> set on fire. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to watch this artsy child. I just want to watch Kubrick. Was that, is it Kubrick? It I is think Kubrick. It is, okay, good. Embarrassing. Peter Sellers. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be so embarrassing if I, if I got a Kubrick factor on. So embarrassing. But also in the in the in the air of like cleaning catharsis, was it also sort of how did you feel like making this apartment fully your own apartment? I felt like I had betrayed him to some extent, mm -hmm. and I also felt like because when everything landed, most of my friends were like, "So you you're gonna sell the place and uh, move to Brooklyn, right?" Because everybody's in Brooklyn. I was the the one. In everybody's Manhattan. in Brooklyn. I'm here with the lovely ladies of Brooklyn. <laughs> They came all the way to Manhattan. <laughs> Anything. Um, but I just, I felt like I couldn't let the apartment go out this way. And the other thing is, so my parents started dating and then they moved in together because my mother was getting kicked out of her illegal sublet. Mm -hmm. This is a very New York love We've story. We've been there. We've all been there. Absolutely. And my grandmother caught wind of this, that they were, because my father was like, just move in, you know, with me. They'd been dating for six months. They were like, you know, spend all this time together. Let's move in. My grandmother got wind and was like, no shacking up. Mm -hmm. And insisted that my father propose to my mother. <gasps> and so my father called up my mother at work and she was not in the mood because she was at work. She yeah. was going to get in trouble. And he basically was like, well, I've got this ring and my mother says we should get married. And, you know. How you romantic. Want. And she was like, sure, I've never been married before 22. <laughs> Ooh, if I got, think about getting married to the person you are with at 22. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Claire's getting married to the person she was with at 22. Oh, congratulations. Blessing. <laughs> we were just like, hell no. Congratulations. It's lovely. No, you we're, we're... were probably in a better place at 22. Yeah. <laughs> or you both grew together. <laughs> I like to think we grew together. You grew together. I like that hand gesture. Yeah. Mm. No one can see the hand gestures that are happening, but they're very wing-like. Like yeah. birds. Absolutely. Like birds. Like cute. Six incestuous birds. <laughs> <laughs> in the next room, screaming at us. Um, but yeah, so, you're, you're, so your people were expecting you to leave the apartment. Yeah, and I just realized because... I just pure determination and venom. I was like, nope, can't can't go out this way. Can't let it be this way. Because my grandparents, this when my parents got married and then accidentally got parent pregnant. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I was not planned. Mm -hmm. uh, they were living in that studio apartment in the East Village, which is now an NYU dorm. What, what is an <laughs> NYU dorm? And uh, my grandparents basically pled with them. We're like, we will get you a place. Please don't raise her in the East Village. 
not knowing it was a her at that point, but uh, that's made the world, and that's again just like don't the, the East Village. The East Village is terrible. I really think that my grandmother felt that she would be able to usurp me becoming like my parents. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, Upper East Side, great. And the building did not want these two broke, you know, artists mm-hmm. living in the building. Yeah. And my mother, so beautiful. But if you've seen pictures of her, especially at that point, it was just like rock t-shirt, mini skirt, mm-hmm. you know, leather motorcycle jacket. Really hot mom. Really hot mom. You Instagram her sometimes. So I'm I always do. Like, I'm and every- like, oof. Everybody loves Ooh. Elena's hot mama. Hot mom. She She's twenty two year old hot. holding Ooh. a baby in it wearing a mini skirt. Wow. I sound so gross. Right <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like I love a I like, like, show me more pictures of your mom. We can do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they moved up here and this was where my parents, you know, really decided to make a home. And and I I kinda didn't want to give up on that, even mm-hmm. though they had gotten divorced and all this stuff had happened. You know, my father had died and I realized I was I was twenty nine, which was the same age that my dad was when he met my mother, mm-hmm. and that was also the same age that my mother was when she left my dad years mm-hmm. later. And I just was like, I think we can make this work. And my mother, hot mama, my father was in hospice and she came up to me and she said, You know what, honey, I don't think you're gonna wanna hear this. But I think it'd be a good time to redecorate. <laughs> and yes, it was, hot mama. It was just like the thing that needed to be said mm-hmm. of like, you can make this good. And she kept walking around the apartment. She was mortified because she hadn't been there in years. Mm-hmm. She was like, it has good bones. You'll see. It has good bones. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it beautiful. And you did. And we did. And here we are. It's so, well, because I remember, like, I remember both right after my brother died, I remember me and my mom just cleaning. And yeah. that was, like, all we could do. It's, like, I remember just, like, like just cleaning the house. And, like, that was, like, it's, like, you don't want to face anything. But it's, like, when you have just these very, when you have a very, like, specific task, mm-hmm. you're, like, okay, I have to clean this desk out. It's, like, you're, like, that's what you're doing. And that's what you have to do. You're not, like, thinking about other things. You're just sort of, like, Meh. I think there's also something very specific to when you lose someone who is chronically ill, when chronic illness has been such a major part of yes. your life, and it really is apparent in your home, mm-hmm. uh, that when someone's deceased, you kind of want to take them back and get rid of the illness part. Yes. It's like you finally get them back for the first time. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's lost a parent after a long illness or anyone does kind of feel to some extent this relief one that the person isn't going through it that they're not having to watch the person go through it but also for the first time you get that person back fully yeah and I think I was taking back the apartment from everything I really thought I identified my my dad with the apartment that this apartment was my dad's and I do but I didn't realize until everything had been, I cleaned out as much as possible and it was time to paint the apartment and there needed to be a lot of spackling and stuff mm-hmm. going on. So I hired a professional and he came in and he had an Irish accent. I won't do an Irish accent in front of Maggie because she lived in Ireland and it was So declare, we both. Oh my God, we both <laughs> lived in Ireland. Look at that. I really won't do an Irish accent now. Half our, half our listeners are in Ireland, so... Hi, guys. I really <laughs> won't do an Irish accent. I promise you. Ryan's daughter is a great Go to Ryan's daughter, baby. For real Irish accents. <laughs> Not done by me. But the guy walked in, and he, like, sneered at the apartment. He went, what, did you have a party and never clean up? 
and I seethe, but I politely seethe because I was raised on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> there's a feral creature that lives inside of me, but she has to be housed by someone who's used to walking around the Upper East Side and saying, good morning, how are you? Hello. Yes, it is lovely today. Mm-hmm. You can, you can like, take on some lost qualities if you need to. Absolutely. Like, yes. Okay. I love your Labradoodle, ma'am. What a beautiful Labradoodle you have. I am noticing that your eyes are much tighter than they were earlier today, but I'm not saying anything about it. But just know, I noticed. I am covered in tattoos, but I am very polite. <laughs> I have realized that uh, my parents were the freaks in this apartment building, and now I sort of am too. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's what were we? The saying? guy. The guy. <laughs> he came in. He was like, "You had a party. Never cleaned up." Yeah, and I, I got so upset because I had just put in a year of cleaning up that yeah, apartment. Yeah. And then I realized I was walking around. It was a few days after because they painted. They drove the animals nuts. Of course, oh, the animals hated animals. it. Oh, and. Uh, and then they left, and we had actually, it was your last day at the museum. We'd mm. gone out to drinks and gotten pretty drunk. Absolutely. Because uh, we went to that bar, we would just drink, I remember I would go to that bar and just drink like six glasses of rosé and french fries. Oh my god. And I'd be like, why am I so wasted? <laughs> it's because we only had potato and like ten glasses of wine. But it was happy hour. It was happy hour. <laughs> it was great, and they had a couch. And oh, they had three couches. Drunk girls love couches. It was one in one of those, you know, those like wine glasses that are like shaped after it was Marie Antoinette. The ones yes. that are shaped after Marie Antoinette's nipples. Yes, the boob glass. The boob glasses. So you just like hold it, and like you're in the Great Gatsby, lie in a couch, and go like sit next to me. And it was my last day, so I was like, okay, it was cute. Like bad, 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 bad. It was fun. Mm-hmm. So I came home, and they were finally done, and I pushed back all the, the many bookshelves filled with books. These bookshelves sag from the amount of books. Mm-hmm. And I started walking around and I was like, do you, like, of course, now like a week or two weeks after he'd said this, I'm like, do you know how much art got made in this apartment? And I started getting excited mm-hmm. because I was like, all this great stuff happened in this apartment. So many people who were in the middle of projects where they they didn't know where they were doing. They came and they talked to my dad. I had done so much work. And it just brought back this sense of I suddenly remembered who I was. Yeah. And I have so much to thank my dad for that because I was really willing to, to give that up and to just get to be whatever my version of normal was, whatever mm-hmm. the idea that I had that I had not been able to be. Mm-hmm. And instead, I just realized... Oh, this is this was cool. This was a good life, and you know what? It was messy. <laughs> well, also it's like and taking what he said, and it's like yeah, a party did happen it here. It was a party. It, it was, was a party, so and parties. we didn't clean it up. And who? It, that's and now great. I cleaned it up, and we're having more parties. Exactly. Damn it. <laughs> exactly. I think that's that's such a good note to end on. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Thank this, you guys for schlepping all the way to York. It's fun. It's it's. I'm glad we got to record this here because it's like what well, actually like. Before we go, have you ever felt like, and this is such a, like, cop hack question to end on, but have you ever felt like, are you someone who believes in, like, ghosts and, like, spirits and stuff? If I didn't, then it would it would definitely, uh, I would be asking for trouble, knowing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my family. Yeah. yeah. So do you ever, like, feel sort of, like, present stuff here? I, I do. I also 
the again the problem with my father being in the collective unconscious is outside in the world i run into his work a lot and mm-hmm. i also seem to slide into things of his that i don't realize that i'm sliding into mm-hmm. uh, but yeah anytime i've been mad at him i've or i think i've cleaned everything all of a sudden i'll open up a closet and all this paperwork will flutter down oh. that I swear that I cleaned out because I've gone over it like three times. Mm-hmm. And the last time was actually last spring and I was feeling really stressed out and just not really sure what I was doing. And all of this paperwork that was him writing about me flew down. And I oh. checked this closet like four times. And I was like, you know what? You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. You're a mess and, and you just, yeah. I do. I think that they're. I think they're here. I think that they demand a certain amount of attention mm-hmm. all the time. All those dead people. All those dead people demanding attention. But uh, and and I think we've uh we've gotten rid of the the ghost of living ex girlfriends though. Good. Well, Get rid at of least them. from this apartment. Not. If any more covers, be like, ugh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have his fucking magnum opus. That's about how great your ass was. Oh. Sorry, ma'am. And just start writing them yeah. your ass. Oh my god. <gasps> Wait, that's what you should do. You should just start writing. Any, all these women, you should just write something and be like, oh, I found, I found this, this thing that my I dad wrote. I think it was about you. Give me t- like 10 grand. <laughs> and, I'll give you, yeah, and I'll give it to you. And the original paper. Oh and my god. And then what are we going to do with that 10 grand, Maggie? Oh my god. What are we'll, we going to do? We'll do it again. We'll, we'll fucking scam all uh, of them. Oh, now this, this is great. Okay, we got to go plan our, our scam business. Got this. What's the one thing in the world that you run into of your father's that is the, or the thing that people bring up the most they're just like ugh oh because <laughs> I don't want to ask you like what's your favorite I'm like no what's the thing that people are like wait your dad did this uh, I'm always afraid of getting sued uh, <laughs> we don't have to go into it if it's uh, but it's Nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nickelodeon you can't sue me because I'm not saying what it is but uh the amount of people that have turned around and and sang it to me on a day-to-day basis not realizing anything also there's nothing weirder than being on a date with someone and they start unknowingly bringing up your dad's work that's that's crazy. a boner killer yeah that's never happened to me because <laughs> i don't date people who read uh, chinese politics uh oh, right sort of as a rule uh <laughs> smart yeah. um okay well thank you so much for thank letting us you come guys. to your beautiful apartment oh do you have anything you want to plug to the people? Um, if you need posters, uh, incredible yes, artists. Yes, if you need artwork, I do art. I'm looking forward to doing some of Maggie's art. Yes. So you will likely see my art at some point. We'll probably have you do a deadbeat poster. I would I love think that. that would be a collab. Um, Fantastic. But you yeah. want to hold a bunny in it? Yes. Oh, my God. Perfect. <laughs> Zombie bunny. Ah, this is amazing. <laughs> um, no, so if you ever need posters, if you need artwork, Arabella's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we'll put up your socials and stuff. Yeah. We'll put this out. Sounds great. Okay. Oh, my God. Come uh, back soon, guys. Buy from the Upper East Side, bitches. Can we're we say that a little up. more bougie? Um, buy from the Upper East Side. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>